It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Keeping an objective eye on the NFC East. Well, and also making fun of the Cowboys. Well, thank you very much. It's The Beast, a Radio.com podcast about the enemies of the East. All right, welcome into the Beast. Um, this is a shitty week, John. Man, what's a shitty week? It's, it's Can I make really a statement? Powerful. Can I make a statement? Yes. When I'm looking at this fucking division, I'm oh, sorry, uh, earmuffs for everybody, but what the fucking fuck? Like, all these people suck. Washington sucks, Dallas sucks, the Giants suck. The Eagles score more points than all three of those teams. All three of them. And Washington is ahead of this. This is bullshit. Like, I'm pissed. I didn't think I'd ever be this riled up, but the weekend just fell out that way. From how the Eagles lost to how Washington won. And, like, <laughs> props to Jay Gruden, actually, too. Because, I don't know, did you see the end of that game? It was ugly. Like, the special teams coach from Washington later came out and said, like, yeah. The, and, and it went through Jay Gruden to tell the ref, like, hey, man, that fucker's moving the ball. Keep your eye on it. And for 14 years, he says it's never happened. And they caught him doing it. And that won them the game. Like, how stupid is this division? It's so dumb. Washington, who got beat by the Colts, who got railroaded by the Saints, are division leaders. It's, this division is stupid. I hate it. All right. It's very I just uninspiring. had to get it out of there. It's yeah. very uninspiring. And it shows you just, despite all the talent, how totally dysfunctional the Eagles are. Because yes. you look at it, and you know what, right now, I, and I watched that Dallas-Washington game, and what I thought most of the game was, Either of these teams could easily beat the Eagles right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, or at least, I mean, yeah, and you have to say that pretty much about every team now. Almost almost yeah. every team with the exception of maybe the Bills. And you're just looking at it and going like, this is, that's why. The, the only thing that I think would have bothered me going into the season is a scenario exactly like this, where you clearly know that the Eagles, despite what they're doing, and I can't say they're the better team, but they're a more talented team than anybody in this division. They really are, from top to bottom. Better quarterback, better offensive line. You can maybe, I mean, wide receiver, sure, but that's not helping the Giants really right now. Um, the defense, the front seven, everything is a better talented team than anybody in this division. And they're pissing it away. And it's frustrating because we, we said slow start. We said injuries. We said all these different things. And now they're in a position where they're, they're a game and a half behind. And you're going, God. Now, they've only played the Giants in the division. Washington's only played Dallas. Dallas is 0-2 now in the division. So, ha-ha. <laughs> uh, I can still laugh at that. 
and I'm probably sure I'm, I'm going to laugh at this thing that we're going to bring up about Dallas in a little well, bit here, yeah, too. yeah, we've got some things to bring up about Dallas, for sure. But um, it's frustrating. This is it. It's almost like they're squandering the potential to be 10-6, and because now you got to go 7-2 and two basically the rest of the way. We were talking a little bit about that yesterday, but... I'm curious on how you, I mean, like I'm inventing for three days almost, it seems like, and that's what happens, and it is, it is this, I knew the moment that game was over, and speaking on it on Friday, being like, I, I can just let things go this season, it just feels that way, and I'll probably get there again in a couple of days just to kind of like, all right, calm down, but not like this, this is, this is, this is frustrating. No, we were there together at Delaware Park Casino, watching the Panthers game last year. And we were giddy. I mean, we looked at each other and we were like, holy shit, can you believe how good this team is? Like, this is a, this is like transcendently good football that we're watching. And to see what happened after the Carolina game this year was the total opposite. I mean, it just, it feels so hopeless right now. And, and it's so hopeless that one of the things we're going to be doing today is we're going to look at Washington's schedule and we're going to see exactly what the Eagles need to do in order to catch Washington. Oh, who, man. again, totally uninspiring team. Yeah. Solid, not sexy. Five out of ten. You know, and, and they are clearly the front runner right now and, and it's going to be ugly. So we'll get into that. But first, obviously, we got to talk about the major trade with Dallas sending a first. <laughs> a first round pick from Marty Cooper. <laughs> you know, I mean, the funny thing about after, because it broke yesterday just as me and Elliot were leaving, and it just keeps getting funnier because all the Dallas fans now are comparing. Like, there was an article today that just said, well, you know, what would have been the difference if the Dallas Cowboys would have would have uh, drafted a first-round wide receiver this year? I went through all the first-round wide receivers over the past three years, and I'm going, wait, you're going a one-to-one with what they wanted, what you, with what they supposedly drafted? No, this means so many other different things. You know what this means, Vince? They're going to fucking pay Dak Prescott. They've made their choice. They want this to work, and they're going to go get... Like, if you're hanging in the balance of whether or not a quarterback is good or not, on a guy that has the most drops in the NFL. And, you know, after you got rid of a guy that had the most drops in the NFL, and you're going Galloway and Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott will be back to it now. Like, that's what was holding Dak Prescott back from being a great quarterback was these two weapons to kind of go in there and grow together. What the fuck are they doing? <laughs> you know, like, which, which again, this is all great. It means they're going to pay Dak and... I think they're going to extend Jason Garrett, too, after this. Oh, my God. you got to give him new weapons, right? And you, he still has the ability to throw his offensive coordinator under the bus. This is perfect for Jason Garrett. So a 3-4 and four Dallas team. This is, what I, this is why I was so worried about it, the Eagles getting involved, kind of, and, and really, we're going to have to see what happens in London now, too, but to make that kind of move. And I, I'm curious what you think here, too, Vince, because – Reportedly, from Mike Silver, NFL Network says they were interested at a second-round pick. And also, there was something out there that they said that they were only betting against themselves. Like, there was they weren't competing against. But yeah, that's no one else un- wanted to throw out a first. But that seems untrue if the Eagles are bidding a second. I would consider that bidding yeah, against or whatever. That's totally fair, yeah. Uh, so don't listen to all the Twitter expert users that have bad sources. Benjamin Albright. 
uh, when it always says, you know, like, oh, nobody else Damn. was nobody else was even close to that price. It was a third rounder. Well, then Mike Silver kind of ends that fifteen well, minutes later, but. What do you think? Well, here's the thing. One, that first round pick, let's be real, Dallas isn't making the playoffs. As much as they're fine, I look at the NFC and... They have I to win the division, right? I, yeah, I mean, they have to win the division to get in, and I just don't see that happening. For three and four right now, so they got their own share of problems. Like, I, I can't imagine that they win this division. So, given that, you're automatically, at best, this is an 18th pick, in the, or at worst, 18th pick in the draft, right? Or, or 20th pick in the draft, so you're talking a mid-first, very likely, going for Amari Cooper. And, man, I like him, and I would have been okay with bringing him in here. I think he's a number two as a compliment to Alshon. Perfect fit. I would love to see that, you know, upside, and he's young, and all that different stuff. Who knows? But when you're giving up a first-round pick, that's a hell of a price to pay. That's a guarantee. I mean, yeah. Or expecting one. And and that's the thing. He's getting like 13 or $14 million next year. you got to figure they're going to try to re-sign him in the offseason because they're going and making this commitment to him with the first-round pick. So when you're doing that, man, you're laying a lot into Amari Cooper. And for him, from a leverage standpoint as well, hey, they traded a first-round pick for him. He can ask for even more money. So Dallas is going to get into a really complicated spot because, like you said, this lends to the idea that they're believing in Dak and they want to build around Dak a little bit. So Because otherwise, that first-round pick... Maybe you save and try to go for a quarterback, right? Like, why? Yes, you know? so, yes at least. Yeah, so, that should be the insurance policy. Yeah, so that's gone now. So you've invested in Dak Prescott. That's your pick. And, man, uh, how much money they pay Dak, in addition to how much money they play Amari Cooper, could ruin their franchise. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> They've already done that multiple times. And this that's is, the thing. They've th- done it so many times in the past that, man, what are the odds they do it now? It's pretty good. Yeah, because you're not... After you've already redistributed, and I can't believe, and James Seltzer had the best tweet of all time yesterday. Did you see it? There's only one person on this planet that can make John Gruden look better, and that's Jerry Jones. Yeah, that was a great tweet. How does that, how how do you pay a price? How do you pay a 2015 price in 2018 when clearly for the last two years the production looks weird, looks different? Looks ordinary, standard, you know? It's not pretty. And, um, I'm I'm trying to look up his contract real quick because he uh, he's got one more year I think under his current deal and then right after that you have to pay him again and unless yeah. they are like this isn't a yeah so his cap it goes up to thirteen million dollars next year you are assuming that there's going to be a contract extension to get that number down so you can get more guaranteed up front and again it's it's the kick the can down down the road uh, franchise here. So they're committed to him. And I just got to wonder if you're the Dallas, if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan and and you're going, okay, we needed, we desperately needed wide receiver help. Where, where, where was my franchise when Brandon cooks was available two years in a row where that's a deep threat, that speed, that's a guy that gets a thousand, you know, a thousand yards, uh, a year is is in for there for nine touchdowns. And so. would fit with Dak better. Like, he can do that short-range stuff and, and take it extra yeah. yards with Dak not being a great down-the-field guy. So, I don't know. That, that clearly could have worked, and it's probably a massive mistake. Now, I'm curious because the other thing is I figure that some of these guys are probably up soon when it comes to contracts. Like, 
Uh, I want to see where Demarcus Lawrence at because I know they. Well, he's fran- on the tag. They so franchise they tagged him, him, right? Yeah. So yeah, if it's coming up to tag him, like he's a pretty darn good player. Frankly, he's their best player on defense. You're probably going to want to lock him up, and that's been the plan. David Irving has been a really good player for them. He's a free agent after this year. That's going to be a problem. So uh, where are you committing your resources? What makes them a good team? Like what makes them a good team right now is Dak is a system quarterback on a rookie deal and and a cheap rookie deal at that because he was a third-round pick, and you have a good defense around him. The secondary's figured it out. They've drafted a lot of young linebackers. Their defensive line, like they've kept Lawrence and Irving, and man, um, the whole dynamic of this team could change dramatically after this year, and a big part of that is the Cooper trade. Like That oh, yeah. is... Um, that is a big time, long term implication, franchise shifting kind of move. You really can't undersell how big this was. And again, you're doing it on a guy that, for the last two years, hasn't performed all that well. As much as he's got raw talent, um, the things you want to see as a wide receiver, like catching the ball, he's not consistent enough to put him in a number one spot, especially with a guy like Dak. Yeah, and this is just they had the worst cap situation coming into this this season last year. And now you, just like you said, now there's more. You have so many decisions to make on that future, which you pointed out. I would assume that just like Carson Wentz, they want to lock him up to get whatever. You want the QB market to stop right here, you know, and get it at this price point rather than God knows what's going to happen. And it just reminded me of I the uh, like the Dallas Cowboys tried to do this with Roy Williams back in the what was it the late nineties two thousand somewhere around there yeah Roy Williams trying to get him from the from like the Detroit Lions as soon and, and they invested a whole lot of draft picks and I'm, I couldn't remember uh, if it was for a first yeah, oh yeah I feel yeah like it was like a first and for, maybe two other picks for a first in Brandon Pettigrew a third and Derek Williams in a sixth round oh like there's my all these God. things that kind of swapped in and out for oh this was in uh, like even more recent this was like 2000 and <laughs> 2009 uh, so I it's just like that like we have problems and then Roy Williams just was whatever he was fine but he wasn't great he had like one good year I think and then after that it was nothing I know his rookie year was good in Detroit it, but he definitely didn't give them anything close to what they expected no I mean it was just uh, yeah 19, 19 receptions 198 yards then the next year is you know 500 yards 500 yards 500 oh, yards oh yeah so they didn't even get that one good year out of him it was just Detroit no and I feel not that I like I think Amari Cooper's way better than, than Roy Williams ever was uh, at any point Point, but it's man, I just that is a huge gamble. That's why when when we had that conversation last week about debating between Bell and all that stuff, this is you a first round pick guarantees me I'm going to playoffs. So for this to make success for the Cowboys at all, you got to make the playoffs this year and win a game. Yeah, I, I would think, and the same follow up to the next season as well. And then you're just kind of going, I don't know. It's pretty. It's you're just you're just shrugging your shoulders. I don't know how I would feel if I was a Cowboys fan. I'd be I'd be livid because if this happened to me here or us right now, I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed if that that deal went through for a second round pick. I'd be livid. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's not it's not that good of a risk. No, third round pick is about what it's worth. And and hey, thank you Dallas for taking them off the Eagles' hands yeah. because they were offering a second apparently. So uh, bullet dodge there. Now uh, let's go to Washington because holy crap, John, um, their schedule is the easiest thing on the planet. So let's let's walk through this game by game, all right? Because right now the Washington Redskins are what? 4 and 2. So they're leading the division at 4 and 2. They've got 10 games left to play. They've already had their bye. So that's 
that's a one of the few benefits that the Eagles have here. But let, let's just creep through this and real quick, just gut reaction. Is this a win or a loss? And, uh, and I'll have to mark these down because I'm not that smart to remember. <laughs> so let's see here. Win column, loss column. Wonderful. All right. First off, uh, this is a real tough one, John. They're going to play the New York Giants in New York next week. Listen. <laughs> I'm not going to not say that that's an easy win. Yeah, I'm all right. Just give it to him. It's fine. Yeah, come on. Did you see that game last night? What a slop fest. Um, All right, so they're going to beat the Giants. Next week, they play the team that the Giants just played last night. They play the Falcons, and it's going to be at home. I'm going to say they lose that game. Okay. So we're we're talking, uh, let's see, we're talking five and three at this point. Now we're going to Tampa to play the Buccaneers. It's a win for them. Yeah, Fitzmagic is gone, and uh, they are just in a horrible, horrible place. A lot of injuries recently. This past week, they had two linebackers go down on ACL tears. I mean, that sucks. Um, Let's see. Houston. Houston comes up to Washington. I say Houston sneaks that out. Okay. I like the way they're playing. It's weird. It's different. Like I, I think they've resurged a tiny bit. I like your optimism yeah. here in, in bringing Washington down a little bit. Yeah. Um, let's see. Dallas, they're going to travel to Dallas and play the Cowboys. I think they sweep them. I think they take care of business there. Okay. So that's uh, another win for the Skins. Let's see the Eagles in Philadelphia. Now, this is week 13, so there's there's a little bit I'll of time. Say, I'll, ta- I'll say the Eagles win. Okay. And that's a big one. That's a big one for the Eagles to get that for the tiebreaker. All right. And uh, next, we got the Giants again. And this time, Giants going to Washington. Uh, Washington. That a win. That's a win. All right. Um, next up, the Jaguars. Washington go to Jacksonville to play the Jags. I'm going to say Jags win that one. Mm. Yeah, I think the Jags, uh, I'll mark that as a, well, as a loss, actually, but man, switch, Jacksonville. Switch, switch that back. Okay. I don't, yeah, they're they're going to win that one. Jacksonville's probably like going to be apart. on fire <laughs> in about two weeks. It's going to be yeah. like really, yeah. really, 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 yeah. really bad. Um, let's see here. So we got two games left in the season. You're going to the Titans. Skins at Titans. Week 16. Washington will take care of that, too. All right. And then uh, Eagles week 17. Although that won't be easy, so I don't know. That might be a comeback okay. to me at the, at the, like well, towards the latter half of the I'm season. I'm marking it as a win all for right. now, all right? So that's that's another win for the Skins. And then week 17, Eagles are playing the Giants, or the, the Skins here, and it's in Washington. Uh, Eagles, uh, yeah, it's the last, last game for the, yeah. both of these guys. Yeah. It'll probably be for the division, too, right? Maybe. Uh, let's go. I mean, if we'll see what these totals <laughs> let's are. Let's go with the Eagles there, too. All right. So let's say so let's go with that angle, right? And in that case, the skins go six and four the rest of the way. We're talking ten and six. Ten and six. The Eagles yeah. have to go ten and six and at the and very least split with Washington, <laughs> yeah. if not beat them twice. Like yeah. that's a massive task. For for everybody too. And this is listen, this is the easiest schedule in the world comparatively. Like I'm trying to give them lots of somewhere because it's they they do that's what I mean. They play up and down, and uh, that's why I can't believe. Again, I'm going to say it again. These guys score less points and allow more points than the Eagles do. So uh, I, I will. I'm I'm going to say that it is it is possible, but the but Washington has a much much easier road. So yeah, it's going to be an easier road for Washington. And then just a quick glance here down the Eagles' schedule. So you got Jacksonville this week, which again Jacksonville's bad, but I mean who the hell knows? Uh, Dallas is going to be a tough game for them based on the way things are going right now. You've got the Saints, which is probably a loss. The Giants is probably a win. 
Washington game, you're going to flip a coin there and just hope for the best. But based on the way they're playing, they probably lose to Washington, um, at least in Washington, Week 17. You've got Dallas again. Uh, the Rams are coming up. So, like, th- this is not an easy schedule for the Eagles. In fact, th- they're going into the hardest part of of the schedule because you're going into all of these division games. I mean, this is the point of the season where you looked at this, like up to the Carolina game, you said, all right, this is the easiest part of the schedule. Tampa stinks. The Colts have luck coming back. The Titans are kind of a, a flaky team. You didn't know what to make of them. And, and God, I, I still don't know what the hell to make of them. Um, <laughs> the, the Giants suck. Like That was their opportunity, and they blew it. So now that you blew it on that easy half of the season, you've got to catch up with Washington the rest of the way. And for Washington, like... Here's the tough thing. As uninspiring as they are, because we've talked about it, they don't have that star talent that puts them over the top, right? I can't think of a single injury at the same time outside of Alex Smith that really cripples them to the point where you say, well, that guy's hurt and they're screwed. Uh... I, yeah, I, what was the question again? Sorry. Well, <laughs> I was out here in La La Land. I apologize, hey, everybody. That's fine. No, <laughs> just go back. So, general general question was, you know, you're looking at Washington. They don't. They have a lot of just quality contributors, right? So the problem is that there's no single injury that if one person gets hurt outside of Alex Smith, that it ends their season and they're screwed. Yeah, because they already kind of went through that, right? Like there's, it's, uh, you know, Paul, I don't think Paul Richardson played in this game. Um, Adrian Peterson just kind of resurged again and. and was driving. I would say the, that's the only guy I would say outside of Alex Smith. If if they lose Adrian Peterson for a significant amount of time, that's going to severely affect the way their offense runs. At least what they've been showing in the last three weeks, and he's already been pretty much banged up already. Um, their defense seems like I would say if Ryan Kerrigan goes down, that's pretty significant. He's part of their bigger biggest pass rush and stuff. That secondary is still open for business when it needs to be, and certainly Galloway showed us all that this past week too. Oh well, Gallup. Oh, Gallup. Yeah, I always say I always yeah, want to go Galloway Joey. earlier, too. I, yeah, I, I always I do that. Go, but yeah. I, I always, always, always do that. Uh, Think of a horse. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, Gallup just running wide open and free. They're, it's it's a flawed, it's a very flawed football team that finishes games, though. Finishes so, games. Kind of. I mean, kind of, like, The yeah. Carolina game was close. Carolina game was close. Up. Missed field goal, kind of, you know, who knows what happens after that, but they've at least been able to finish more games, I should say, than the rest of the opponents in the NFC. Yeah, and, and the Eagles East. are going to have to catch up, so it's a it's a bad spot for them right now, man. I mean, it's, it's, washed, it's, it's just a shame to be at this point where we're, what, seven weeks into the season, yeah. and we're now, we've already gone from, okay, let's talk about repeat, to, okay, let's talk about the two seed, to, I don't know if we're going to make the playoffs, I mean, it's we're seven weeks in against the bad yeah. division. At the beginning of this year, we're like, guys, this division's wrapped. I mean, they're they're just not all that good. The Eagles are so talented. I mean, man, what a way they've fallen. Now, the only team that makes them look good is the Giants. And holy crap, they were awful again. Yeah. And they they just looked horrible against Atlanta. And Shermer's going to be one and done, right? There's, I mean, there's no way that you can just say sit here and go like, yeah, I have confidence moving forward that he's the guy. Here's why he's not. Because Gettleman was dumb enough to keep Eli in there for a year, and Gettleman's going to have to eat shit for that. And Eli's going to be the scapegoat for this whole season now, because think about it. Yeah. Like, th- there's been a lot of moments where you could say, oh, well, he looks bad, and it's not working out. When you look at that drive at the end of the game, when you're down two scores, and they sneak it twice, 
and don't get in. And they burned over 40 seconds of clock yeah. at the end of the game there. Total waste, total horrible management, totally goes on Eli. Now you can, not only is it like he's old and he's bad, but he's directly costing us games and doesn't know what he's doing, and here's that moment. I mean, I, I honestly, if they had a rookie quarterback... After that game, that would be the moment where Eli would officially be done. Yeah, and see, I don't, and Gettleman's going to have to eat crap for a very long time if that's true, too, because now he's responsible for picking the next quarterback. Yeah. Which would then, in turn, if that ends up being a bust, and I, I, I just, I, for confidence, they should probably just get rid of, they should move on from Eli, they should move on from. Pat Shermer, and this should start fresh again, you know, and as much as that might not, because keeping him around is not going to do anything. It'd make me feel great. I, I hope that happens, but uh, yeah, you can probably get one more year out of him. I think they're going to fire him, though. I, th- I think they're going to move on from him. He is, I, and and that's just coming from, like, the feel of locker room and everybody else. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't seem, like, what can Pat Shermer do to inspire a locker room? I've seen him get mad once. I've seen him, I, I, you know, some the only guy that really likes him, sad Sam Bradford. That should pretty much tell you everything. You know, <laughs> well, he's not inspiring at all. But I, here's the reasons why I think Shermer stays. One is every time Eli throws a ball and they go to the sideline or doesn't throw a ball, Shermer's like, "What the fuck? I did not fuck it." Like he's he's just like so mad about the way Eli's executing each play. So he can blame Eli and blame Eli and blame Eli, and that's going to help him keep his job. The other thing is Gettleman, and to his clear detriment, as we've talked about nonstop since he got hired. He's an old school guy, and old school guys don't fire a coach after one year. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know because Gettleman's not like a. This isn't. He's just not that way. I, I don't feel like he just says, "I'm going to stick by my guy," and this is what I chose because it's a poor reflection on me. I get that theory. If this, there is no way. If this is, the, if that's the only, if they only win one game this year. You got to move on from it. Like you can't. You if you should. If, if any, I would say any good coach is going to win you more than one game, even given the talent that they have. Right? Like yeah, in this division, two, three. Yeah, you have to win more in one game, and you can't be embarrassed. And they've been embarrassed plenty of times. Oh, they're embarrassed basically every single week. Yeah. It's, it's pretty astounding yeah. what they've been able to do in terms of embarrassment. Top so, two pick, one win. Yeah, can't happen. It's not good. Now, here's the thing. And this was fun. It's It's been floated out before, but Peter King, who's very plugged into these things, throws it out again, the idea of trading Eli to the Jags. Now, I love that idea just because both teams are a total mess and, and weird trades like that are fun. But the thing is that I wonder about, like, what is the price? that Because the Giants, they've gotten themselves in a situation now where they're so caught up on the legacy of Eli, yeah. and, like making sure it's a graceful transition, as bad as this year has been. They haven't wanted to just like publicly shame the guy for a while. Right. Is there a draft pick that you can't trade him for because it's too embarrassing? Like, what's Eli realistically worth? Can you trade him for a sixth round pick? Probably not. It's not worth it to trade him for a sixth round pick, honestly. Um, for the Jags, it might. Uh, well, here's what's funny: is both of these franchises are morons because this could have happened two years ago, and the rumors kind of came up then of like, oh, is Coughlin one? Oh no, last year, last year, it last came up year, because of all that. Well, I mean, Tom, Tom Coughlin, go get your boy. You're like, no, Blake Bortles is our guy, and then that kind of proved to be true. And then they go to the AFC Championship game, and I've been screaming forever, be like, that's not going to sustain itself at all. And it hasn't. And Cody fucking Kessler, are you kidding me? <laughs> and they could have done this a while ago and both felt good about their situations. Like, hey, we got a th- we got Eli Manning for a third rounder or whatever. And now 
I, I mean, a fifth? I think a fifth is comfortable for both teams. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll do it for a fifth. We'll move on with what we got here. It's time to hang up the season. They need a quarterback. I mean, how is Blake Bortles is, quote unquote, on a short leash. And he's getting the starting job against the Eagles in London. I know. So that should make everybody feel great. Like, I feel great about that. Uh, of having a QB switch in the middle of the London game and it ends up being Cody Kessler. I love that. It makes me feel good. It's why probably the Eagles are a three-point favorite. But, yeah, I would love to see it just for the hilarity of it. And now you have a dead body playing. I mean, I don't know. I honestly don't know if I'd rather have Blake Bortles or Eli Manning at this point. I, I think I would rather have Bortles. It's I close. Really, I know, but you know what it is? Bortles has legs. Yeah. And Eli doesn't. It's that simple. As bad, and I would Bortles say, has hot games on yeah. occasion. So, like, he's super incredibly high and low. But, man, I'll I'll take high and low over just consistently below average and yeah. bad. Yeah, I think. What a sad QB debate that is. I know. I wonder if they're having that same one. Like, what's the, what are they talking about in Jacksonville? Is that what they're talking about in Jacksonville? They Jesus. should be talking about that Leonard Fournette pick. Yeah, and they should. And that, that's not looking great either at this point just because of the – you know, the injury prone in those takes ended up being right. And I was really high on Leonard Fournette. I thought he was yeah, me too. easily RB1. and He's a great player, but it's just the injuries and the fact that he's an, oh, like, they're throwing him the ball a little bit, but he's not like a great pass catching no, running back. No, no. And that's what you need nowadays. If you don't have running backs that can catch the football, they're basically useless. So it's just a weird spot. That's why they went and got Carlos Hyde. So, yeah, I, I would laugh if that actually happens. Yeah, it would be, uh, it would be something for sure. So, that's it with the division for now. Let's go around the league a little bit. Because right. here's what I want to do is I want to start because especially with the trade deadline coming up, we are now seven days away from the NFL trade deadline. Mm-hmm. And so with that being the case, I want to look at some of the teams that are basically dead and buried because enough teams are in it, right? Dallas is three and four, but what do they do? They go and make a trade with a first round pick to try to give themselves yeah. a jolt this year. So there are three and four teams that think they're in it. Hell, we're in that situation. We're, we're looking oh, at three yeah. and four teams that still believes in themselves. So uh, whether the pressure's off or not, but here's, I, yeah, I just want to go through the teams that are officially out of it and done for so that we can see what Howie's working with a little bit. So uh, the first team that is clearly done, Buffalo Bills, dead in the water. Question is, because they're 2-5, and five, Josh Allen's hurt. I mean, it's, it's as bad as it could possibly be up there. McCoy got hurt in the last game. It, outside of McCoy, and even then for the price, you have to wonder... Like, it, it, there's nobody else on that roster that's really worth a damn, though, right? No. No, that's just... LaShawn McCoy was, and then that's it. I mean, there's there's nothing going on there. And uh, I think Peterman actually came in uh, this last week, too. So you're just going, this is unbelievable. What an unbelievable... And this is a team, again, that two first-round picks, the same situation. I'd fire all these guys, too. Get rid of them. Fire the GM. Like, if I'm the owner, this is this is un- this is is way unacceptable. Yeah, you got to totally change that thing over. It's, it's really rotted to the core. Next team up, uh, honestly, I don't think they trade anybody. Cleveland Browns, 2-4-1. They already made the deal they needed to because you drafted uh, Nick Chubb. And so when you went and spent a high pick on a running back, they got rid of the guy they signed before that, which I don't know why you signed him in the first place yeah. in Carlos Hyde. But uh, they went and did that. So now, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield still looks good despite the fact that the record isn't good. So I don't know if they do anything, but I guess you could try. Maybe you pick somebody out of there on the defensive side of the ball, perhaps. I, I guess, but there's there's nobody I'd be interested in. Yeah, there's no name that pops especially, for me. Especially with the, 
the uh, you know, there's just nothing there. Nothing there for the value and what you want would want in return. Yeah. Next up, we're looking at the Colts, and the Colts are two and five. But you know what the thing is? I want to pronounce the Colts dead. Winner of the division right now is Houston at four and three. Now Houston is they've been pretty bad throughout the year. They've been better the last couple of weeks. But if you're, are you the Colts and saying that it's over yet? No way. They got just, they, no, no. They just they're they're fighting to create a culture. You know that's what I'm saying. And you even saw that the between the relationship between Andrew Luck and and Frank Reich have been unbelievable. So much so, I saw I heard some cuts the other day just coming into there. There's that's what every unfortunately for a lot of these teams that are all beaten up and, and beaten to hell, they don't they they still don't want to move off of this unless of course you're the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> or excuse me, the Las well, Vegas Raiders. We might might get just get into it. Yeah, well let's let's talk about them because they're the next team on the list. So right now, I mean the only team that at this point that we've established, by the way, that actually is worth picking through the roster and probably willing to deal is the Bills. That's it in the entire AFC so far. And the only other team that I can think of is Oakland. Uh, Oakland is 1-5. They've already traded Cooper. They've yeah. traded Khalil Mack. Uh, the, the, one of their guards, I believe, was available for the trade, which the Eagles don't need. So, uh, you know what? The one name that I've heard out of Oakland that does interest me is Gary and Conley. And the, supposedly they're not moving him, and he has, hasn't been playing that great. No. So, and this is kind of all the differences here, too, when we were you know chatting about Patrick Peterson yesterday. And I, I, I don't know if you feel this way, too. Defensively doesn't excite me. Defensively, I just go, all right. What do you, oh, I mean, what even Patrick Peterson is he going? How many wins is he good enough for? Does he, does, is, he is he able to stop over Jalen Mills? Probably is. This, is he an upgrade over Darby? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely is. And and maybe that's enough. But I hate that mentality right now. And I know we're having this long debate all this week. And I keep bringing it up for the last three weeks. The offense isn't good enough. You know, it's just not. It's not. So get me somebody that can. You can rely on each and every time that when we have fucking run the ball conversations, it doesn't it's not an issue. Yeah. Something like that. All right. Well, how about this then? Let's throw another name out there for the hell of it. Jordy Nelson. You know, I mean, I'll look up his contract status because now that now that I think think about it, I I think they gave him a pretty good chunk of money. I think they did because God, John Gruden just likes paying older guys. Now, this is certently going to look for a, a dinged-up Chevy as, a po- as opposed to maybe a nice Lexus or something in the trade deadline. Yeah, it's a one-year clunker. Okay. All right, so right now, he's making uh, his cap hit was $7.5 million basically this okay. year, and you can cut him next year for no money. I'd think about it. That's, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're if you are in a true rebuild and and Jordy's just there to was to play, be a placeholder. Um, I mean, he's old. He's still got a little bit of that uh, old Jordy he's stuff. He's had a couple with, of big games. I wouldn't hate it. What fourth round pick? No, no, no. Fifth? We're not to sixth. Like if we're down in if we're down in deep down in day three picks or conditional day three picks, fine, but. Something like that. It's a one-year deal. You don't want to give up much there. Yeah, not too much. But uh, Jordy Nelson would make a lot of as a number two guy opposite Alshon, and really your third option behind Ertz as well. Yeah. Like that's that's a pretty good addition. But again, the only two teams in the entire AFC that are probably really open to trading are Oakland and Buffalo. So not great. Yeah. After that, uh, NFC East. The odds that the Giants trade anybody to the Eagles is incredibly, incredibly, incredibly slim. We've seen trades like that before. Obviously, McNabb is the biggest of those trades. Mm-hmm. And and let me just run this by you because I don't think I have, but this is my deep down darkest desire is I would trade the Giants for OBJ. 
I mean, they're not going to do that. They're not going to do it's it. It's impossible. But they, they hate him, and they're so mad that they signed him to that contract. If you were like, "Look, we'll give you a first round pick and yeah. like maybe something else," you have a lot of draft picks this year. So, like, if you made that move and got OBJ, I mean, holy crap, they would be they'd be crazy yeah. talented on offense. And I think he'd be better here because the guy's really competitive more than diva ish. I think he's just like he's really immature about how competitive he is. So. I, I don't think he'd be a big locker room problem the way most people do. So, yeah, I, w- I would do the OBJ. I don't th- yeah, I think that's could. a little overblown, too. I mean, I would love him on this team, but, I mean, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's not going to It's not likely. I just want to dream a little bit. <laughs> uh, you look at the NFC North, and that's one of the best divisions in football uh, right there with the AFC North. And so none of the teams there, like the the fourth place team right now, according to the standings here, Chicago, which is a great team. Like, their defense is really good. They put up 31 points. We're one yard away from tying the Patriots at the end of that game yeah. on Sunday. I mean, they're they're a solid team. So nobody in the North is going to budge. You're not getting anybody. Atlanta's now 3-4. and four. Maybe you can get Tevin Coleman out of there. Nah, but probably not because Devonta Freeman's on IR. So that's basically a pipe dream. I don't think you get any of the other. Maybe Mohamed Sanu. Do you want Mohamed Sanu? Does that inspire you? Not really. Yeah, not really for me either. I, I don't know what I would. I, I figure his price is worth the more overall, than I think I the overall point you're trying to say is there's too many competitive teams right now. There's a lot of, even, even the ones that don't look like they have any hope at all, are still going to hang on to their guys. And again, it's just the same old thing. It's the same old thing where it's just, all right, um, it's it, it's it's guys that would need to be blown away to receive any offers for, and that's where you're kind of at, and anything would be an overpay for what you're going to get in the, in the long run. Uh, the closer this gets to the deadline, Again, unless it's a left bell situation, which we've been over a million times, I don't see them doing much of anything. Yeah, I know. The, the only two other teams in the NFC, you got San Francisco and Arizona. Both of those teams are horrible. So yeah. overall, you're looking at four, maybe five teams, if you include the Giants, which really not, yeah. that, that, are, that really would be interested in making a deal. So that's a horrible spot to be in. The odds of making a big-time impact move are really low. And it also tells you, you know, parity and all that kind of stuff. It's just the league is really tight right now. There's not a lot of teams that have separated themselves from the pack. And so the trade deadline is probably not going to be all that inspiring this year. Yeah. Carlos Hyde, one of the really rare exceptions. Amari Cooper, one of the rare exceptions. But, man, I, I just don't see a whole lot going on. So it's, yeah. it's going to be a tough spot for the Eagles. Now let's go, because we're talking about the bottom so much. Let's go to the top, John. Okay. Let's talk about the top five. Number one, it's pretty clear. It's still the Rams. They're 7-0. They're amazing. Yeah, yeah, uh, I I have no issues with that. Yeah, that's easy. Yeah, they're they're clearly the class of the league, and the team that's right behind them is New England, and that's that's pretty much a given. So uh, they earn that spot. Number three is the Chiefs. Are we in, in accord nope. there? No, nope. Not you got to flip that. Not number three. You put, put them at number two. They, I don't care that they lost, they the, lost Patriots. To the Patriots. Doesn't matter. They're a fucking juggernaut. I know they're a juggernaut, but until they beat New England again, no. I'm putting no, them no, there. No, no, no. So you are all, all, all up in this. That's a head-to-head well, win. It is yeah, a head-to-head win. It's barely a head-to-head win. But it's win. a head-to-head win. And where was that game played? It was played in New England. Okay. Then, and and yeah. what's, the, what's, the, what's the advantage of playing at home in most spreads? Yeah, it's three, three points. points. So... 
The Chiefs are better than the Patriots, and it's not even close. Uh, well, apparently not. I'm but just saying, anyway, wait till, I, wait till the, uh, the rematch in the playoffs. Yeah, gonna well, kick the I, shit out of that's going to be that's going to be amazing. That's probably your AFC Championship game. I'm super excited yeah. for that. And if uh, honestly, let's put the Eagles aside for a minute because I, I just don't feel like having them in this conversation. But if you get they're a not Rams, in the top ten. Oh, certainly not. But <laughs> I'm just saying for the sake of it, because I don't want people to be like, Vince, you're talking about a Super Bowl that the Eagles aren't in. How yeah. dare you, you piece of yeah? You know, like everybody yeah. hates me for that stuff. Um, let's say Rams Chiefs is like the greatest Super Bowl we could possibly imagine yeah that'd be pretty awesome that would be, so that'd be much pretty fun. sweet i mean outside of the eagles chiefs for the storylines yeah yeah uh rams chiefs would just be the greatest thing ever all right so uh, with those debated two and three number four saints five and one right now cruising yeah i think that's fair yeah all right so and then number five because they lost to them by a single point well, well, a missed well. extra point look i'm around. giving it to the ravens look at who's come around i know where's the titans on your list uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I uh, I ate that <laughs> list to destroy the evidence. Hey, yeah, and that's weird because like even even saying those top five teams are going all right. I mean, outside of top three, uh, even the Patriots, the top two, I'll say because my list has Rams, Chiefs. Yeah, I, you know that's it's still open. Everything's still open. It's just a matter of like how this second half plays. All right, yeah. So we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. And um, with that, John, you know, let's go burn some tape. Okay. Um, I'm gonna. <laughs> I mean, the Bills are too easy because you should burn the tape every single week. So I'm gonna keep it right here in Philadelphia. Burn the tape, man. I mean, that fourth quarter is still. We're arguing about it right now as we speak on Twitter, and it's just, uh, it's, it's something you need to forget quickly of, and and take lessons from, I guess. But then, <laughs> I mean, this is everybody knows what happened. Offense couldn't score, defense couldn't stop anybody. Put those two things together. That's what gets you a twenty-one point collapse. That's it's all of it. I mean, I I think my overcorrecting on this is making people mad, but it just to show people and how they just the Eagles cannot score quickly. That's a big problem. Yeah, which is and some people are arguing that's why the defense is, is successful because there's only fifty-nine snaps that they're on the field, which that's a fair point. But. uh I mean, they're just not putting teams away, and they they have to get back to doing that again, which is more or less like I, I'm I'm going back on what I said earlier. So why they almost have to do something if they wanna if they wanna be involved here? They need speeds, they need a playmaker, they need something that is going to allow them to go score points quickly. Alshon Jeffrey did a, a great job, and Carson Wentz did a great job of putting themselves in position to go and do that. I think this week you'll probably see more of that, but you need speed, and you need Nelson Aguilar. This is this fight's going to last forever, and uh, and it's just it it's just everybody. It's not it's easy to blame the defense because that's right in front of you, but it is everybody. It's all of it's unacceptable. Yeah, it's really bad, and uh, it's it's just such a grind to watch every yeah. game and, and to see that belief fall out. So, with that, final thoughts, John Bartrand. Uh, my final thoughts are: let's take a deep breath. Let's see what happens in London. And then if they lose in London, let's burn the city together. <laughs> you know, if they will lose in the same way that they did to the Jaguars, um, as they did with Carolina this week, then let's go let's go burn everything down. Yeah, I mean, they could very feasibly lose to like hot streak Blake Bortles. Yeah. Just like, hey, I'm gonna throw three hundred and forty yards and Keenan Cole's gonna have you know, three touchdowns. Yeah, or something he did like it against that. New England just yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, so um, it's possible, and maybe this is a wake up call for him. And 
I haven't read any quotes or anything. Is it the you know, teammates sticking up for him or something? But I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. It'll be an interesting storyline heading in. Yeah. Now, my final thought is also about Blake Bortles, but here's what I want to say is I think I figured out the perfect role for Blake Bortles. Yeah. If he was Taysom Hill on the Saints, yeah. he would be like a Pro Bowl player, Pro Bowl gadget player. Running the ball a little bit, um, he would be, you know, punt protecting, throwing the ball on trick plays, that kind of thing. He would be like such a great piece because he's not a good quarterback, but he would be an amazing gadget quarterback with those legs and everything. Yeah. And so once he ultimately gets cut by the Jags, which shouldn't be very long, that's what I would love to see from Blake Bortles. And I would even sign him here <laughs> to play that role. <laughs> Sure, why not? Yeah, there, he's on board. Why not? Small victories, baby. <laughs> I'll take it. All right, well, with that, I am Vince Quinn. That is John Barchard. You can find us at It's Vince Quinn and at John Barchard on Twitter. This has been a Go Birds pod production. We'll see you next week on The Beast. Let's see, with that, I guess we'll do the show, Jonathan. Okay. It's not even Jonathan, right? It's just John. That's right, because Jonathan's... Actually, Jonathan's are fine. John's J-O-N. Fuck those guys. Oh, I'm yeah, talking to guys. you, by the way, everybody out there. J-O-N, John's, I'm on to you guys. <laughs> you're embarrassed because you don't want to be called Jonathan for some reason. You're already insecure about it, so you got to you gotta come at the J-O-H-Ns, which our moms and dads properly named us. I think this is I think this is a great theory. I want you to think of all the J-O-N Johns you've ever met in your life. Hmm. And think about the differences between J-O-N and J-O-H-N and how many you like J-O-H-N Johns versus J-O-N Johns. Yeah, my dad is a J-O-H-N John. Legit Good man, dude. right? Legit dude. Yeah. Yeah. He's better than John Marks, right? It was J-O-N. John Johnson. John Again, really squirrely Scum. scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, Both I, there's, it's a pretty good theory it holds up. I would say 90% of the J-O-N Johns, not great. Yeah. Jonathan's? Yes. John's? Yes. J-O-N John's? Mm. Very particular about things. Yeah, you got to commit to the name one way or the other. Yeah. You're either John or Jonathan. Yeah, you got to Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, exactly. There's 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 it's like are there any who who's another? Oh yeah, like cuz uh people always tell me there's differences between the uh, Sarah with and without an H. Like the differences okay. in personality. And I I never understood it. I wouldn't understand that either. Would a silent letter, I don't know, like or an absence of a letter, <laughs> would that change anything? Well, how about this? Yeah. What, what if you were named John and that was it? It was just John, right? But it was J O N, and that was your Man, legal it's name. Fucked up. I, then I, I yelled at the parents because I haven't seen any of like. No. Do any of those exist? I don't know. Or is that only Jonathan's that get shortened? I feel I like know. every John is an H John. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Not a, it's not a J O N John. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, yeah, I've never met one in my life. If you're a J-O-N John, That is just John. Know. That yes, is not it, legally Jonathan. Yes, we don't want Jonathans. We only want Johns. they might be the exception. They might be cool. Maybe. Maybe they're the cool J-O-N like, Johns. That's a rarity. Yeah. You know, that's like catching a Zapdos in the wild. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, know why, what that is, I don't know why, but it sounds rare. Pokemon, come oh, on, man. Oh, man, yeah, I was never a Pokemon yeah, guy. Yeah, oh, so good. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's do a real show, right?